The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And this is going to be a fun episode. You know in the intro when you're already laughing, who knows what's up. I am bringing to you Nicole Lappin. Nicole, I'm sure you've seen her, guys. She is a New York Times bestselling author of Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. She's the host of the nationally syndicated business reality competition show, Hatched. And she has been an anchor on CNN, CNBC, and Bloomberg. Her third book, Becoming Superwoman, is out now. And I've got to give it up for the Superwoman Woo! Theory. I love it. Oh, you know, my, first, my, my third book was Superwoman RX. So. I know. Why, why am I even on the cover of this? Like, I don't know. Be your <laughs> No, it will definitely be you. I've got mine. So this one was mine. Came out in 2017, and yours is is yours out now, or has it been out? Yeah, and the Superwoman Journal just came out that went along with it. So we're We're super women. We are super women, but we're speaking the same language. And I want, you know, I have, they're probably tired of me, quite honestly. They're tired of me talking about being super women and juggling and all that other stuff. We want to hear from you and we want to know how this idea came about and what you were trying to accomplish when you wrote this book. Because your, your other book was amazing. I know everybody latched onto that one big time. But tell us what you were trying to accomplish with this one. Well, first of all, don't talk about my new friend like that. Nobody is tired of hearing your amazing story. <laughs> so that's part of the book, actually. Sweetheart. You know, I think we have that mean girl inside our heads. And I definitely was in an abusive relationship with myself for so many mm-hmm. years. And, you know, I self-prescribed work instead of drugs or alcohol to hide from a traumatic upbringing. And I reached a lot of goals early on in life. Um, you and I crossed yes. paths when I was at CNN uh, in Atlanta. And I started there when I was just right. 21. That, that was my goal in Gosh. life. Like that's I what I looked a little young. Like, I'm like, what's that little Pop-Tart doing at CNN? <laughs> You're so sweet. No, sometimes people would be like, are you the intern? Or like, do you have a student ID in the atrium where all the uh, food court stuff. Yeah. And no, I, I definitely suffered from imposter syndrome. I thought my badge wasn't going to work when I went into work. I was like, oh. they're going to find me out. You know, they're going to find out how young I am, but it's high class problems to reach your goals really early on because then you keep raising the bar. But we have this narrative. I think, um, many super women do that. We'll be happy when we get to a certain level of success. And then we get there and almost immediately we change the goalpost on ourselves. So it's like, okay, well, when I get to CNN, then I'll be happier, then I'll be balanced. And then you get there and then it's something else. It's CNBC, then it's Bloomberg, then it's one book and it's not one book, Mm -hmm. it's two books. And it's like, you never get your brain. That's what happened to me to the other side of balance or happiness. And studies have shown, as you know, that balance and happiness contribute to more success and not the other way around. So I had this equation wrong. And, you know, it all culminated in a mental, emotional, physical breakdown that stemmed from severe burnout and an emergency admittance to the hospital that made me rethink everything Mm. and the way I was working. And at that point, you know, I had been preaching boss bitchdom to all the badass women out there right. talking about yeah. negotiating and networking and working butt off and in the hospital when I was you know there at four o'clock in the morning with my shrink and my 
assistant, uh, canceling everything. Um, that's when I came up, I didn't realize at the time, of course, with the thesis for becoming superwoman, which is self-care is the biggest asset or life. Mm-hmm. And when it's off, it can bring you to rock bottom like it did for me. And when it's on point, it can actually bring you more success than you imagine. Oh, what an amazing message, because that's the one that I've been trying to drive home to so many women, because I always talk about how this is an exciting time, right? We can do anything we want to do technically, and that gives us an incredible opportunity. But what we've really found is that in the doing, we've sort of divorced ourselves from our essence, from our feminine nature, from our need for nurture and community and friends and all this other stuff. And I've done the exact same thing. Now, I didn't have a breakdown necessarily, but it showed up more in my physical health, right? And like wow. illness. And, 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 you know, I've seen so many patients now, I'm a decade into the integrative practice and just hearing everybody's stories. It's a story that is, it's, this is a, maybe a slightly different script, but a very similar story. What is the time span of that journey for you? Like what, 21 year at CNN, when was it that you had the breakdown and what did you decide to do next? So yes, I started working when I was about 15 in like local news. Um, it was back in the day when you didn't skip steps and like go on a reality show and then anchor the Today Show. Like God bless right. them, but like, I went to Sioux Falls. I'm still trying oh, to make that happen. I know, right? Um, you and me both. And so I went to like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Lexington, Kentucky, all these small markets to sort of pay your dues. And so I right. had a ton of experience and I didn't have any connections. Um, when I first started at CNN as the pop chart that I was, I love that by the way. It's definitely going to be All meant as a compliment. <laughs> I Oh, <laughs> Later, I was like, wait, was that derogatory to I'm my like, own gender? Wait, no. I'm here. So. Okay, good. Um, you know, I, I didn't actually realize at the time how cute I was. I was so hard on Super myself. Cute. And yeah. I look back at videos and I was like, gosh, I would tell my former self, you know, this comes up all the time. Like, what would you tell your former self? I'd be like, stop it. You are hot. <laughs> so, yeah. So nice to yourself. Um, and, you know, I would tell my friends, as you do too, if something went bad at work, like, I wouldn't say you suck, you're the worst, you're going to die alone, broken, homeless, which I would tell myself. I'd say, you're the best, baby, it's all going to be okay. And so I needed to really have that relationship with myself. Um, But I wasn't ready at the time. I then went on to move to New York. I was 25. I started at Mm CCP. I uh, was talking to old rich white dudes about money, uh, (laughs) which was awesome. It was like a great national, uh, international show um, that I anchored. But I really wanted to talk to the audience that needed it most, which was my Mm -hmm. health, the girl who grew up in an immigrant household, first generation American, never learned anything about money, um, was super embarrassed and um, super overwhelmed by the language of money until I realized that money is just a language like anything else. We just yep. set a stone for that language. So yeah. I wanted to talk to that girl. Um, so I burned my corporate bra, so to speak, and I uh, launched Rich Bitch. I didn't think that it was going to be a thing. Like I tried for 10 years to get a book deal. And mm-hmm. um, I'm so glad that those other books did not um, come to fruition. They would have sucked and been dead on arrival. Like I just looked at one of the proposals. I think it was Making Bank or something like that, which was like right. open to all people, cool finance. I was like, oh, yeah. God, thank God. But at the time, I didn't think, you know, I was ever going to get a a book deal. Um, And I thought I was like a TV person who checked the box for a book, send it for Christmas and Hanukkah, whatever, call it a day. But, (laughs) 
you know. I love it. Love it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it became a thing. And, and quickly after I came out with um, Boss Bitch, and, you know, I use the analogy of giving birth. I don't have human babies, but I have now three and a half um, oh, babies. Um, Boss Bitch came out like almost on the way to the hospital uh, in the cab. Like I didn't even realize that that was like, I had another book and now I have three right. books and like I'm an author. <laughs> How did that happen? Um, but actually after the launch of my second book, as you mentioned, you're so kind for your amazing intro. Um, yeah, I had, you know, books on the bestseller list. I had this national show from Outward Appearances. I had all the things um, I looked really put together, but inside I wasn't as put together as I looked on the outside. And, mm. um, you know, I don't say that the book tour uh, created the environment for the breakdown because when I was on this last book tour, people were like, are you okay? The last, you, your last book sent you to the hospital. I'm like, it wasn't the it wasn't the book it was a lifetime of i say it wasn't spontaneous combustion but a lifetime of smoldering embers that finally yeah, yeah. and incinerated everything in their path wow and so when that happened and that that's that your aha moment that pivotal moment you know this sort of mean girl in our head that you i love that by the way just kind of this constant negative dialogue which many of us still struggle with to be 100 percent honest i just got back from la about a couple of days ago and I was telling my husband, oh, I'm so grateful about the way our lives played out because I always wanted to be a California girl and it didn't happen, you know, whatever. And so um, I go, yeah, but there's just a lot of pressure in LA, like the whole looks thing, you know, and, and he's like, what the hell? He goes, why would you have a problem with the looks thing? <laughs> he, was like so, he was so upset with me. And he was like, well, I, and he just stopped and he walked away. But again, it is that like, wah, wah, you know, like constantly going on. Why do we have that and how do we make it go away? You know, I have been on this journey. I came, and you might have too, immigrant family, a lot of trauma, a lot of chaos kind of growing up. And it takes so much work to rewire and retrain your brain. And I see the exact same thing in my patients and so many women I meet. And when we change it, when we can shut it down, man, amazing things happen. But getting to that is a constant day, I find personally and through others, it is a daily struggle. So how do you do, how do you make that shift from go, 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 I'm superwoman, I can conquer the world and all this other stuff to being like, wait a minute, I need to be a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more calculated when it comes to me, to my heart, to the things I want before I just jump in and, and get approval like by the world standards, so to speak. Totally. And I wanted to be Superwoman, the character uh, who was it all and did it all and was all things to all people. So ultimately, I was nothing to myself. Um, right. And, you know, going to the psych ward was like the best and worst place I'd ever been because it made me realize that they don't say put your oxygen mask on first before helping others on the plane before takeoff just to waste time. It's totally true. You can't be of service to anyone else if you're crashing and burning yourself. And that's what it had happened to me. And then I, so I don't want to be superwoman, the one word version. I want to be a superwoman. You know, I want to be that woman. Mm, I love that. Yeah. For self first. Oh my goodness. I love that. So being a super woman, and I think you talk a lot about emotional wellness in your book, right? What does that mean? How would we define that? How, what is that? What is that? 
it is just that putting yourself on the top of your priority list i actually went to la too um and did a social experiment where i had women come in for a casting and i asked them to list on a whiteboard the top five things they value most and they wrote amazing things like their house their job their kids god food whatever their dog and nobody put themselves put themselves on the list not even oh, in the top five yeah. things not even the top 10 things they valued and they didn't even think to put themselves on the list um and so that was me for a long time and so i think emotional wellness is putting yourself at the top of your priority list and understanding that you have to take care of yourself first or you're not going to be helpful to your kids to anybody at work um and actually you know for somebody who works for myself now, I would think if I don't have equity, like put in sweat equity, that's going to make all the difference. But you know, there's only so many hours you can stare at a computer before your eyeballs start bleeding. Absolutely. And when you get out and actually have connections with friends or go to a workout class, you become more productive, even though you might convince yourself that that's just wasting time. It's not, it's actually making you more productive in the long run. And I think that's the most important message that you have is that being a super woman, and even when I talked about it, it was a little tongue in cheek, right? Like, you know, we're supposed to be able to do it all, but we crash and burn and end up with 15 diagnoses and, and making things fall apart. But a part of that is understanding how to take care of yourself. It's a, a big part of it is putting yourself first. But so many women I meet just, they physically, I mean, I wish I could describe to you the encounters in the patient room. Like you're trying to help them tactically accomplish this. And they're like, no, I have to get this one to school. No, I have to take care of this one. No, I can't do that. Like there's just no time. There's no time. I'm in the shop all day. You know, how do we help that woman who just feels like this, you know, like everything's coming at her. There is no room to give. There's no way, there's nowhere to turn. There's not an hour in her day. How do we help her get out of that? Because I watch them struggle with this, you know, and like I've, I've gotten better. I've got my calendar right here and I've got hours blocked off, but it's taken me a long time to get to that point. You know, there are hours that I'm inaccessible. There are hours that I go to yoga and nobody, even my son, my husband, they can't interrupt it. My mom was like, it was mother's day. And she was like, you're not coming over for Mother's Day brunch? I go, I am after yoga. She goes, you can't skip yoga today? I'm like, no, I really can't. <laughs> you know? ah. so, so, but how do we help, how do we help someone watching us today get there? They have so much trouble with that because they just can't see beyond everything that's sort of bombarding them in the moment. Totally. And if you would have asked me five years ago um, to have a breakfast meeting, I, you know, I packed my schedule. Uh, my entire team knew that if I had like 15 minutes, I wasn't happy. If I had a lunch break, I wasn't happy. Yeah. I wasn't on like the overnight flight or the first flight out defying space-time continuum. I wasn't happy. And um, if I had a workout scheduled and somebody wanted to do breakfast meeting, I'd be like, yeah, I have nothing on my calendar. Um, but I did. I had a date with myself. And, um, you know, I would think a thousand times before canceling this date with you. Um, but I wouldn't, in my, my former self, wouldn't have even thought twice about canceling on myself. Um, and I think, you know, the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. So not only did I tattoo Superwoman on my, love it. Um, on my wrist, but I also got a right-handed wedding ring um, that was really important to me because, you know, even if I have a ring on this hand, I think that you know, the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. Literally, you're only with yourself till death do you part. And so if you don't 
you don't necessarily even need to fall in love with yourself, but understanding how to like yourself was my journey. Um, and that's what I did. I, I talked to gurus and experts and I went to Bali and every, you know, retreat and uh, I, I did all the research and I felt like I didn't have a manual of like a clear step plan of how to go from burnout to balance. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, this woo-woo stuff doesn't resonate with me. Maybe it does for other people, but I'm like a numbers girl. I'm a podcast yep. girl, yep. an analytical girl. I wrote two books, I get 12 it. step plans. Like I need steps. I need like a clear action strategy. Plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, I, I wrote what I needed um, most. I didn't even know it would become a book. I, I had sold another book, but I realized that this was happening to me. It was happening to so many other women. Um, I did the largest study actually ever done on women and burnout. And I found that we're nearing burnout and breakdown levels in the 80 and 90% range. Mm -hmm. um, but the most fascinating statistic, I think you'll appreciate this, um, of that study showed that about 60% of us believe that the pace of our lives is sustainable. So essentially we're okay. saying we're near a breakdown, we're near burnout, but like it's all good, nothing to see, like we're just gonna keep going. And there's a huge difference between not drowning and swimming. And I think a lot of us are just in that zone of not drowning. Not drowning. So how has your life played out since this realization, since understanding that you need to be number one on your to-do list? What has shifted or changed for you that maybe wasn't there in the past when you were in go mode, like all the time with every minute booked and every hour booked and, and accomplishing 50 things at one time. What, what's, what's the gift, you know, maybe if people could understand the gift, then there would be a little bit more motivation and putting yourself there. Yeah. I, um, you know, I really had to hack my schedule. I needed to, um, you know, listen, this doesn't happen every single day. I think I aim for progress, not perfection. So if I have, yeah, me too. I'm not here to be like, I'm holier than thou. Like I'm like, this no, balanced, mm -hmm. happy zone of Oz. Like it's, it's just not true. Day by day. Um, yeah. yeah. It's every day. And yeah. you know, some days I start the day with not looking at my phone, um, gratitude journal, setting my intentions for the day, not going in other people's like agendas, down email, firefighting yep. <laughs> that you can do all day. And at the end, you're like, what did I actually accomplish? Um, and then end the day with more gratitude and like not looking at my phone. And then there are days that I wake up and I just pull my lashes off from the night before. <laughs> I end up on my ex-boyfriend's Instagram page. And oh, dear God. <laughs> and I like try to make something out of my life. And so... That's, oh, that's balance. And I think yeah. we need to define what that looks like for us. It looks different at every stage in our lives. Um, but the first thing I'll ask when, you know, I advise people on finances, mm -hmm. they're like, I'm off budget. I say, did you even have a budget? <laughs> what are you talking about you're off budget? Like, and that's what I say to women about balance. It's like, do you even have a definition of balance? How are you off I love balance? that. It's like, is it just because what you see on Instagram today, you feel like you don't have it all? Well, hello, like Captain Obvious, you can have it all. You can't do it all to this age old question, but you can have it all, but only if you define what it all means and stop changing the goalpost on yourself. 
all the time. Totally, totally. And I think that's where we all fall guilty that what's next, what's next, what's next. And we're constantly trying to accomplish more. And and I'm with you. This is, this is a complete journey. This is not something that I can accomplish right away, you know, or that I've accomplished in a single day. This is something that takes time. And over time, we get better and better at it. So I, I completely get it. If you could give one piece of advice to yourself, to that striving, driving younger self, the Pop-Tart, what would you tell her? What would you advise her or tell her? Besides that she's hot and to chill. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, um, I looked at balance as a noun for a long time. Like I thought I would find balance as if it was hiding under the table and then I would be done. Um, right. And I actually was supposed to come out with this book in March of last year because Rich Bitch came out four years before that in March. Boss Bitch came out two years before that in March. And I was like, mm -hmm. in a pretty little bow, I'm going right. to do two years later in March. Nobody's going to care except for me. And as I was nearing pub date, as we were going to printer, I felt like I was on the verge of relapse. I felt mm. like that imposter syndrome that I had back in the day at CNN when I was 21. Like I had quieted that mean girl and she came back. She's like, how are you going to go talk about balance when your life is now hanging in it again? And the truth is I got cocky. I did all this stuff. I met all these people. I like, hacked my life. I got into a much better place. But the truth is I had a lifetime of bad habits and only mm -hmm. a lifetime of good habits was going to be enough. And so I stopped the publication. I pushed it out six months, which I would have never done. Never done. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. And I went off the grid and I literally read my own book. Like, and that's not marketing or PR spin. That's I wrote an epilogue. I get it. I was like, who wrote this? This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> exercises. I need exercises. And I am not only the writer, but I'm a lifelong reader. And I think that's what I would tell my former self that look at balance as a verb. It's something that you constantly participate in. It's something that's constantly in motion. And you have to be in balance and chaos. They have to coexist because chaos is a game of whack-a-mole. If it's not yep. a project, it's another project. So you have to be in balance and chaos, not in balance or chaos. Uh, what a great, great point, because I think that people think they can control every set of circumstances around them. And we just can. I mean, it's life and you never know when something's coming at you. You never know when something's going to change. And I think that if you understand and set, like, you, I love this. If you set the definition of balance and you know very quickly when you are off balance and you know when to return back to your center, your core, the essence of who you are that fulfills you and sustains you and keeps you moving forward. And I would say that one of the greatest gifts, and I don't know if you agree, as I've deliberately on some given days tried to slow down is creativity and vision and insight and connection, you know, because even with family and friends, you know, like I let, you know, some of those things I didn't allow too close because I was so busy. So you don't have bandwidth, you know, and that connection sustains you so much more than some of the accomplishments and then some of the check marks. And so for, for women in particular, you know, one of the things we all have to remember as we're trying to be super women or super women is that we are, and there are studies for this, by the way, there's science behind it. 
We are holistic creatures. We can't live in a vacuum. Men can't either, but even more so. We were meant to be in a village, in a community, with our, with each other, you know, you know, doing whatever it is we we're supposed to do. But but the way it is today with everyone, you know, siloed away, kind of working away, being superwomen, and then not having time for connection, that's why a lot of us are just falling apart. So, you know, for me, the greatest gift of this realization is understanding your baseline and then also understanding the importance of connection in your life and what it means and what it can bring you. If you could give the audience one more piece of advice or something you really want them to know, either from the book or from your life, what would you tell them? Yeah, I would. Um, so the journal that I alluded to, um, I came out with because I also needed something like that where I connected the dots between my many thousands of to-do lists that we all have mm-hmm. with what I actually had on my goals list. And so I would get down with the idea of procrastination for the first time ever and rethink it as a good thing. So I think that procrastination can be one of your biggest superpowers if you let it. Um, And also the idea of saying no is my new favorite (laughs) word. Um, Um, You know, I was on this big kick about telling women to stop saying I'm sorry and start saying thank you more when they get a compliment. Um, And now I'm just on a big kick of like saying no more. Um, And no is a complete sentence, um, as Shonda Rhimes says. And I think that if you don't value your time, no one else will. Oh, beautiful. What's next for you? What, what, what are you up to? Where are you? Where are you going? What are you doing? Let us know. Oh, you're so kind. Um, I hope to get back to Atlanta. We're still doing different cities, Chicago, um, San Francisco, Seattle. Um, I'm so lucky that more folks want to talk about this. And I think, you know, for now, I didn't expect this to be as zeitgeisty as it was. Um, yeah. And I thought I would, I was saying something profound by saying like, lean out. We've leaned so far into everything and we've fallen over. At least that was my experience. But mm-hmm. I think we're much um, hungrier for this rhetoric than I could have ever imagined. So oh, yes. um, I'll continue to talk about it as long as you want to listen. Oh, I'm sure everyone's going to want to listen. And I just feel so, so happy to have met you and to have connected with you. I think you're amazing. And I mean that very genuinely. Now, if anyone else wants to connect with you, uh, let's share your Instagram and maybe your Twitter. What's the best way for folks to connect with you? Sure. It's at Nicole Lappin, wherever social media is served. I just joined TikTok. I'm pretty stoked about it. (laughs) I have, my daughter is trying to get me on TikTok and it is Girl. very bad. Girl, very it bad. is not bad. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Um, oh my God. You, I will see you on TikTok. Oh um, God. Uh, and she texted it to all her friends and they all have it. She's in middle school. Everybody talk about Mean Girls Central. Oh, <laughs> there I'll we go. It. You know, it's, so, it's hilarious. I think that there's a big opportunity there. So Nicole, this yeah. happened on TikTok. On TikTok. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out to join us today. The book is Becoming Superwoman. I urge you all to get it. You guys know I'm all about the superwoman bandwagon and making sure everyone is taking care of themselves and finding their true superpowers, not the ones that are forced upon you. And if you enjoyed this episode of the show, please remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends. We're on Spotify as well. So excited about that. And I will see you guys next time.